Hi, we've got a jam-packed episode from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why scientists are worried about roommate drama in space and why your most important sense depends on the language you speak. You'll also hear from special guests from the Adler Planetarium who will tell us about a historic collaboration to find an underwater meteorite. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Think about the worst roommate you've ever had. Now imagine living with that person when you're stuck together several million miles away from your home planet. This isn't just a hypothetical nightmare for you. Researchers are actually experimenting with this sort of thing to figure out how to make close quarter living a bit more, well, livable. Recently, a team participated in a simulated long-duration space exploration mission. That's the thing that Ashley was talking about. And then nearly tore each other apart over a disappearing supply of Nutella. I'm serious. There was only so much Nutella to go around over the course of several months, and one member of the team was taking more than their fair share without admitting what they were doing. So yeah, this really is a thing scientists need to figure out. That's why in 2015, a team of psychologists released a report detailing exactly what kinds of demands a team in space might have to deal with. According to the report, when you isolate a small group of people, team dynamics can break down even without an inciting incident or specific grievance. We have data on three missions that lasted more than six months. And guess what? They all broke down somewhere between the four and seven month mark. Each time, the team became desynchronized and broke into two or three smaller subgroups. Also known as clicks. Right. That's bad, because the trip to Mars takes about nine months, and the trip back could take even longer, not to mention all the time you spend on the surface. Unfortunately, there's no perfect recipe for effective cooperation, but there are a few best practices for keeping a team in top shape. A 2013 meta-analysis showed that a 15-minute debrief can mean the difference between a mediocre team and one that's destined for the stars. And the debriefs have to be done right. So if you want to know how to crush your next debrief, then take notes. First, participants must be actively engaged instead of just passively listening. And everyone involved needs to understand that the goal is to improve the process, not to judge or punish anyone in particular. The debriefs also should focus on specific events whenever possible. And finally, they should take in data from multiple information sources. It's not about learning how the team leader thought the exercise went. It's about hearing how the exercise went from all perspectives. If you can get a team that's all in for that sort of debrief, then you'll be on your way towards a Mars mission you can be proud of, even if you run out of Nutella. I guess the lesson here is if you want to have a good roommate situation, you just make sure you get a roommate that's cool with 15-minute house meetings every single day. That sounds like a bad roommate to me. <laughs> good thing we'll never be roommates, Ashley. <laughs> good thing. According to research, your most important sense depends on the language you speak. A new study from a team of international researchers set out to rate what's called the codability of various senses in different languages and cultures. Codability refers to how accurately a language reflects the world. If every participant in a study used the same word to describe a particular sensory experience, like a shape, color, smell, or sound, then that word's codability score would be a 1. If every participant used a different word to describe that experience, the score would be zero. The higher the score, the more accurately the word conveys sensory information. Got it? So this new project targeted 20 mostly unrelated languages from around the world, including a few nonverbal sign languages like ASL and BSL. The researchers tested these languages' codability of smell, taste, touch, hearing, and two different facets of sight, shape, and color. 
Can you guess what got the highest codability score in English? Well, here it is. The highest score was color, followed by shape. But here's the interesting part. Only five other languages put either of those visual senses at the top. In fact, taste came out as the overwhelming winner, earning the high score in 11 of the 20 languages examined. Not only that, but only four languages featured a sense perception with a score above 0.75. And all four were taste. In Lao, taste earned a one, the highest possible score. Every single Lao-speaking participant used the exact same words to describe each and every taste perception. This is wild! Another study from earlier this year suggested that codability isn't just about the language that you speak. That looked at different cultures speaking the same language, and some pretty stark differences stood out, even among close neighbors. The takeaway is that there's no universal hierarchy of the senses, despite what Aristotle once wrote. It only took us about 2,400 years of science to figure that out. Today's episode is sponsored by Mova Globes, spelled M-O-V-A. They're globes that rotate by themselves. Mova Globes rotate using a technology that's the first of its kind. No batteries, no cords, just rotating globes powered by ambient light. My wife and I are pretty big into maps, as in we have a world map on our bedroom wall that's nine feet long and six feet tall. <laughs> We've shown it to probably every friend that's come over for the last few years, but our new favorite conversation piece is our MOVA globe. Our giant map used satellite imagery, so I picked out a MOVA globe with a more artsy world map on it. It has an antique gloss finish with beige and brown tones you might see on a map in like an antique shop. It's in our living room, and our friends think it is the coolest thing ever. We don't even do the bedroom tour anymore. You can get MOVA globes with lots of different maps, like ones of Earth, Mars, or the Moon that use satellite imagery from NASA. Or go retro with a vintage map from 1790 that shows the three voyages of Captain James Cook. There are 40 different designs, and no matter which design you choose, we have a seriously exciting offer for Curiosity Daily listeners. You can get 15% off your purchase please visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity, that's C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y, for 15% off your purchase. This is a great gift for the person who has everything, even people like me who already have a giant wall-sized map. One more time, that's movaglobes.com slash curiosity, coupon code curiosity. Did you hear about the meteorite that landed in Lake Michigan in February of 2017? Because that's a thing that happened and it led to the Aquarius Project. The Aquarius Project is a historic collaboration to find an underwater meteorite. Last week, Cody and I sat down with Aubrey Henready, who hosts the Aquarius Project podcast, and Chris Bresky, who manages the Adler's teen programs. Here's what they told us about the meteorite and why it's so important. Sure, last February, early in the morning, a giant green fireball lights up the sky over the Midwest, and it's a huge meteor, breaks up into a thousand pieces, and all falls into Lake Michigan. And that's where the adventure starts. A lot of scientists start wondering this never before tackled question, how do we go look for meteorites underwater? And all the astronomers at the Adler were talking about it and on museum campus, so were the marine biologists at the Shedd Aquarium and also the meteorite experts at the field. And so as a teen program specialist, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome in this brand new endeavor to bring curious teens and curious scientists together in curiosity and go on this adventure? It's also kind of exciting because people can go like, oh, why, why this meteor? Why these meteorites? What's so special about this? And something that's kind of um, fun about this one is that uh, because of how technology has advanced, there were a lot of cameras that caught its fall. So Dr. Mark Hammergren 
an astronomer at the Adler Planetarium, has been able to track its path back, triangulate its path back out into the solar system, into the main asteroid belt. So once we find a piece of this space rock, then we get a puzzle piece of our own solar system and the makeup of our universe. That's amazing. Yeah, so it makes, <laughs> it makes space real close. It makes the distant feel very, very tangible. It was this combination of their skills, because between Mark Hammergren, who is who's our astronomer, and Mark Fries, who I mentioned earlier from NASA, mm-hmm. basically like what they're able to do is say like, this rock right here, which we found because we had the radar data and we know this came, this is from this fall. Because meteors, I mean, meteor falls overlap. Like you might find that meteors have crashed on this. The planet's been here a long time. <laughs> like there's, <laughs> there might be rocks from different falls in the same place. Yeah. So they say, well, we know this fall is right here by using radar data. Yeah. And then Mark Hammergren went back and looked at all the footage and said like, okay, now if we can get that rock, it will actually be one of just, it's under 30, it's like 28 or so meteorites ever that we can actually say this rock came from that part of the asteroid belt right In there. In the history of astronomy. Yeah, the entire, all of astronomy forever. Yeah. Again, that was the Adler's Teen Programs Specialist, Chris Bresky, and the Aquarius Project podcast host, Aubrey Henready. You need to listen to the Aquarius Project podcast. You can catch up with all three of their episodes in just about one hour, so there's no excuse to miss it. We'll post links to that in today's show notes or find the Aquarius Project podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also learn more on the Adler Planetarium's website at adlerplanetarium.org. You can hear our full conversation with Aubrey and Chris on a brand new episode of the Curiosity Podcast, available now for our patrons. If you want to support our show and hear this episode, then visit patreon.com slash curiosity.com, all spelled out. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.